Amen. Come on, Tracy, and make our announcements. Good morning, Living Waters Church. It is so great to be here with you today in the presence of the Lord. Amen. If you need an offering envelope, raise your hand. Our ushers will get you one. If there's also in the bulletin, I think we had bulletins this morning, which is awesome. I just want you guys to know out there in TV land, the water is good. Amen. Y'all agree? The water is good. It's rich with nutrients. So we welcome you to come on back. I want a scripture that the Lord brought to me this morning, really quick. It's Hebrews 10. Uh, 25 in the Passion Translation, it says, This is not a time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. Amen? What's that day dawning? That's when Jesus is coming back for us. Amen? He's coming back for a beautiful and glorious church. And that's you, beautiful people. Okay, so the plan this week is Numbers 13. Everybody say Numbers 13. Raise your hand if you're doing the plan with me. Good job. Okay. The confession. So we have a new confession for the month. It is the first Sunday of July. We'll be taking communion together. If you didn't get your elements, they will be in the back. Um, The ushers and our greeters will have those for you back there if you didn't get your elements this morning. So the confession this morning. Do you have your cards? Nobody has a card. Okay. Let's get the card. They're in the back at the back door so you guys can pick them up. But I'm going to read it to you really quick. And it's all based on the word of God, but I just love the way that Pastor and Laura put it together for us. I rejoice today because of what Jesus did for me. It is my desire to see your kingdom come in my life and on earth. I choose to walk in forgiveness and to walk in love. Because I chose your ways, you supply all my needs. You are good and only good. You never tempt me with evil. Your heart's desire is to see me succeed in life. I love you more than words can say. And I think that that's what Jesus says back to you too. I love you more than words can say, amen? Um, Our quick announcement, the men's prayer breakfast is starting back up and it's gonna be this Wednesday at 6.30 here in the Fellowship Hall at Living Waters Church. So you men can get together. And you know the prayer that pastor prayed? If you agreed with him on that, the Bible says if any two agree, if even two agree is touching anything, it will be done. And so we all come into agreement with that amazing prayer. God is moving. Don't watch the media. Don't watch TV. God is moving. He is on the move. And we rejoice and know that his plan is good. Amen? So as I was praying about the offering this morning, um, this is the scripture, Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. It says, glorify God with all your wealth. Honoring him with your very best, with every increase that comes to you. Then, after you do that, every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. And when I think about how God says, glorify me with all your wealth, I think that means that we give God the cream. You know, you give him the top portion. You give him the best. You give him your 10%. And I was thinking about how, how many of you love your coffee or your tea and that first drink, that first sip of your favorite drink, whatever it is, that first sip is the best, isn't it? But when you get to the bottom, you get there to the bottom, it's just like, yeah, I'm probably not going to take that last sip because there's little dregs there. Or maybe you've allowed your grandkids or your, or your children to drink from it and there's uh, what we call a little bit of backwash in there. It's like, yeah, you look at it, it's like, is there something in there? It's like, we don't want to give God that part, amen? We want to give God our best. We want to give him our first fruit so that he, in doing that, he says he's going to 
in every dimension of your life is going to overflow with blessing. Amen? Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come into this place and experience your power and your presence. And right now, we worship you with our tithes and our offerings. We're so grateful for the increase that you have brought into our lives. And we just magnify you right now and thank you that you are a faithful God. Even when we're faithless, you remain faithful because you cannot deny yourself. We're so grateful for your faithfulness to us. And we thank you for your promises and we will stand on your promises. I thank you, Father, for every... Father, as we celebrate Independence Day, I thank you for every person... Lord, who gave their life for our freedom. We're so grateful, Lord, that we live in a land of the free and the home of the brave. And we're so grateful, Jesus, that you set us free. It was for freedom that you set us free. And so we just thank you right now. We praise you and we rejoice that we belong to you and we are living in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Now, because this is our first Sunday this month, you know, we were going to have a communion here. So if you, anybody came in the door and you didn't get your communion pack, uh, our ushers will get you one if you'll uh, tell them or you can go to the back there and get one. Also, we have our new scripture cards out for this month. I want to read it for it to you. It says, I rejoice today because of what Jesus did for me. It's my desire to see your kingdom come in my life and on earth. Now, this, one, this is a kind of a simple one, but this is a, this is a real true heartfelt Robert Richards, okay? I choose to walk in forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is a choice. I have to quote this to myself all the time. I choose to walk in forgiveness because I'm not going to feel like it. It's a choice. So I choose to walk in forgiveness and to walk in love. Wow. Is it so hard? I mean, today you got to choose to walk in love. Because there's a lot of things we want to get angry about and, you know, throw stuff at. Because I choose your way, you supply all of my needs. You're good and only good. You never tempt me with evil. Your heart's desire is to see me succeed in life. I love you more than words can say. That's the confession for this month. It's on the app, so you can get it on the app or on the website, or the cards are in the back. So praise God for that. Amen? So I'm going to preach a message this morning, and I've just asked everybody to pray for me so that I'll preach the, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, not out of my soul. You know, that's the hardest thing to do as a preacher, is to not get caught up with the things that are going on in the world and, and start preaching out of your emotion or out of your soul. You've got to preach by the Spirit of God. You've got to see what God wants. And I wrestled, and I wrestled all day yesterday, back and forth. It's just like I felt like Jacob wrestling with a man, you know, wrestling with God in trying to come up with a message today. Because what I wanted to do is I wanted to preach a rah-rah message on the 4th of July and America being exceptional and we're all from Texas at least and so praise God for that. And, and, and I just kept saying, Holy Ghost, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? And I just, so anyway, I, at the end of the day, about 9.30 last night, I finally gave up, went to bed and knew that I felt in my heart that I had the word for the Lord, but it's just delivering it today. And not getting sidetracked, chasing rabbits, and giving you my opinion. So anyway, the, the message title today is Divine Providence. Divine Providence. Webster's Dictionary defines divine providence as divine guidance or care. Also, God conceived as the power sustaining and guiding human destiny. Now, there's a lot of people that believe in predestination, in the sense that, that God is in control of everything. He's, 
He's pulling the strings on every little thing. And the problem you get with that is if God is pulling the strings on everything, then that takes free will of man out of the equation. Therefore, you're really in a mess because you're living under a communistic dictatorship of God and you have no choice. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that God made man and created man, put him in the garden and created him and gave him a free will. He said, look, you can eat every tree you want to, you can eat all the fruits you want to. Go over there and dig that one up if you want to. Chop that one down if you want to. Put more water on that one if you want to. Do whatever you want to, but there's one over there I don't want you to mess with. He gave man free will, the ability to choose to do wrong, the ability to choose to do what man wanted to do, not what God would like for man to do. Do you see what I'm saying? So God can't be in a predestination situation or a divine providence pulling all the strings. Otherwise, it takes you out of the equation of having a heart for God and truly loving God. Or accepting Jesus or making the choice. I'm going to serve Jesus and do what's right. I'm going to believe that the Bible is true. I'm going to live as a Christian should live. Hello? Y'all all following me now. Okay. So, in 1776, when the Declaration of Independence was written, I want to read a piece to you this morning of it. It starts out, it says, this, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separation and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A dissent, a, a respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the course of which impels them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our founding fathers came together into this nation and were sick and tired of the tyranny that England had put upon the colonies. Taxation without representation, uh, the 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 uh, f- no freedom of religion. You had to follow the Church of England. You couldn't go and do what you wanted to do. All of these things came in there. Plus, there's a bunch of other things, but you got to go back and study that. That they were tired of the tyranny of England. Now, maybe we were all rebels. Maybe the people, maybe the, you know, I, I, you got to understand something, folks. Listen to me. Whether you want to agree with me on this one or not, okay? Whether you want to think that you're highly cultured and well-refined, If you go back and you look at even our history here, because there was the land, there was uh, violence still on this land. There was Indians still on this land. When the railroad came through, they had these three canyons going up here and they had these three canyons. And if somebody come up here and chop cedar and they come up here and they'd stay on this land and fight the Indians off and and take it, then, you know, you could have your your sections. Hello. And so our forefathers, when you go back and you look at them, they were tough hombres. They were people that were leaving the refinement of the cities, leaving the refinements of, uh, and, and comforts that were 
offered you in the cities to come out here into the middle of a and chop cedar, fight Indians, deal with livestock, deal with all the problems that there was in this area, and it takes a certain breed of individuals. So therefore, why we call Texas a lone star state? Because we're loners, because the people that we grew up from, our heritage, our ancestry, goes back to people that were tough and came up here into this area. Okay? Our forefathers that started the original colonies and came here had left England because they were sick and tired of being told what to do. They were sick and tired of the oppression there. They were looking, they were adventurous. They were looking for a new land and a new place they could come that they could have some freedom and get off of the tyranny and the pressure and the government control of what was going on where they lived. Can I have an amen? Go read your history books. That's what happened. So they were pretty, t- pretty tough people, and they were not perfect. There was only one perfect person. Hear me now. There was only one perfect man that ever walked the face of this earth, and we killed him. It was Jesus. Amen. All right? I'm not going to stand up and say, oh, now, now today everybody wants to go back and look in the past and say, oh, so-and-so. What he did was no good because he was a bad man. He did this or he did that. Bull. Okay? That's all I want to say about that subject. All right? Because you don't want me to get me started there. But my point is, is that we're all, we're all imperfect people and we all make mistakes and nobody does anything perfect. But these men, these founders, these writers of the Declaration of Independence are the ones that finally stood up and said, we're going to have to go to war. We're going to have to go to war. We're believing in something called divine providence. Divine providence that they were believing in was that God's finger, God's hand was upon this nation and upon them separating from England to form a a nation that then would be a place where people could come and they could have religious freedoms. They could have representation in, in government and that they could have a place to live and be everything that they could possibly be. That's what they died for. That's what they believed for. If you go back and you look and you read and you research, all of the signers of the Declaration of Independence gave up everything and lost everything. They lost their fortunes. They lost family members in war. They lost family. They were imprisoned. They were, there did not go well for the signers of the Declaration of Independence. And so I get kind of angry when I look back at the history books And someone wants to tell me that those men aren't worthy of honor today for what they did then, that we get to live in victory today, that we have the right to protest. Because we live in America. They protested in China over communism and they ran over them with a tank. Now, I'm not the most, I, I don't know what you'd call it, like, like I, I, may don't, I don't understand everything. I, I've not traveled everywhere, but I have traveled on five of the seven continents of the world and preached. And of every time I've ever traveled in any place and ever been wherever I've been, when I got home, I kissed the ground because I was home in America. I have never been in any country that I thought, man, this is just almost as good as at home. Never, never have I been there. Never have I seen people, listen to me, that were like Americans. 
Go ahead, get mad at me. Send me something. I know I'm preaching to the world, but I just want to tell you something. Because there's something different, and I want to tell you what's different. It's because of the divine providence of God. I'm going to explain that a little deeper here in just a minute. The last words of the Declaration of Independence read this, or the last sentence. It says, these things which independent states may right do, and for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. They said they were believing that the divine providence of God was upon them to separate and fight for freedom. It didn't happen overnight. They didn't send the Declaration of Independence over there and said, this is what we're going to do. And and England said, oh, okay. No, there was a bloody revolution. People lost their lives. People died fighting to be free. A quote from. No, I can't do that. I forgot my book. Anyway, one of the quotes from Benjamin Franklin said that never had he seen, I'm paraphrasing, never had he seen or had he witnessed a more hand of God moving upon men's lives than the signers of the, of the Declaration of Independence. Now, here's a little tidbit you may or may not know. After... After we won our independence in 1782, Congress was approached that the problem was, is the Church of England, because now there was no commerce going on between us and England, the only place that America could get a Bible had to come from the Church of England. So... In earlier than 1782, they had approached Congress and said, look, we're in desperate straits because we need Bibles in America. And so Congress set out a petition to 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 buy Bibles from other countries, Denmark, Sweden, other countries. And England cut them off. So that we couldn't get Bibles. And in 1782, they finally got. It all passed. The Congress of the United States of America at that time passed a a bill paying for Bibles to be printed because they said unless Bibles get into the hands of our people and they learn the good moral values of the word of God, this country will not succeed. So the Atkins Bible was the very first one that was printed. It's called the Atkins. Robert Atkins printed it, printed the Bible and got them out to the hands of all of the Americas that they could. Isn't that amazing that Congress that day was getting the Bible into the hands of the people and Congress today is trying to get God out of everything. So that goes to show you how far we've come. All of the signers and the, and the, 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 the early uh, Writers of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution all said the, one, the same thing, that when the morality of men began to dwindle, that the Constitution was going to do nothing to keep it on track. That what motivated and stirred the proper use of the Constitution was that the moral value of the people was right. So what's happened today is we've seen over the course of history, we've seen a moral decline, the moral compass of Americans getting off. I do not believe 
Now, I, I just want to yeah, get in trouble with this one, but I, I, I do not believe that America is special because it's beautiful. We sing America the beautiful, you know, we sing all that. But I've seen some pretty places in, in, in my travels. OK, so I can't say that America has the prettiest land in the world. Our land is prettier. All right. That's not what makes America exceptional because I've seen some beautiful places. All right. It's not that, you know, uh, our natural resources are better or, you know, our sky is prettier or anything of this nature. What makes America exceptional is people. And I believe and hear me today, I believe that what our media puts forth in front of us today is not the true representation of America. I believe that there are godly people out there. I believe there are people throughout this, this United States of America that love Jesus, that's, that love righteousness. I believe there's still more of us than there is of them. I, I, I believe that there's people all over the place that, that, that just are sold out, born again believers. I believe that. Amen. I believe that we've sat down and been a little too quiet. I believe that we have allowed uh, wrong people to get elected. I believe that we have lost uh, our compass in a sense of standing up for what we thought was right and is believing it was going to work go okay and I believe it's time that we rise up and stand up and begin to become vocal all right and tell people that no you're not going to make it without serving God don't say that you're going to no no it says in God we trust in God we trust we form this nation on a trust in God we believe in a creator who divinely is protecting us and walking watching over us we believe in divine providence I'm sorry that's what this country stands for if you don't like it leave Okay, I mean, that's just the bottom line. We've got to stand up because the only reason why America has been successful and been a great nation is because of God, our belief in God. And it's not that God didn't chose us and made us special. It's because we believed in him because God will make anybody special that will believe in him. So I got to looking up and studying divine providence. Divine providence. What does it really mean? What is the providence of God really mean. And so I want you to go to Genesis, Genesis chapter 22, verse 13. It's a story, you know, it's a story of Abraham and Isaac and Abraham going forth and being tested to see if he was going to follow through with everything. God said he was going to go up and he was going to supposedly sacrifice his son on an altar. All right. But I want you to read verse 13. I'm going to start on verse 13 because I don't want to spend just a whole lot of time here. Genesis 22:13. 13. It says, And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram. He offered it up for the burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, The Lord will provide, as it is said to this day in the Mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Okay, that Hebrew word is Jehovah Jireh, our provider, okay? Now, when you go look up the word, what does it truly mean, Jehovah Jireh? It means Jehovah will see to it. Not see, but he will see to it. <laughs> if you said, if you came up to me and you said, Robert, you know, there's such and such and such is going on. And I said, okay, I'll see to it. That meant I'm going to go take care of it. Right? 
I usually don't use that word, see to it. But if I did say that, that's what I would be meaning. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to use, I'm going to provide. When he said Jehovah Jireh, it's like, I'm the provider. It doesn't mean that he, oh gosh, they need a ram over there. Uh, where do we have a ram? We have a ram available over in section 8C over there. Uh, we need a ram. No, it meant that God is provident over everything. He's already got it figured out that a ram need to be go caught in the bushes at that time. The ram just didn't appear. Hear me now. Ram appeared. No, no, no. It's not magic. It's miracles. The ram had been there the day before, grazing along. I, I, see, I don't know how all this works out. I, I sometimes just had to kind of put my imagination in it that there was this one little green leafy something that was dangling in the 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 bush, and the ram's like, ah, oh. just happened to come by there. Oh, there's a leaf on there. Stuck his head in there and got his horn hooked. God said, okay, we got that taken care of. Okay, where's Abraham? Are y'all with me? I don't know how this all works out, but I'm just telling you, providence means that God was seeing to it that he was going to need a ram. He didn't, look, when was the ram provided? When he needed it, right? Abraham looked up, oh, there's a ram caught in the thicket. Was the ram in the thicket the whole time? I believe he was. Because the divine providence of God means God already knew it was coming your way and you were going to need it. So he was Jehovah Jireh, the God who was seeing to it. I woke up this morning. I didn't pray that gravity was still in force. That wasn't on my list of prayers this morning. Oh, Lord, let the, act, the world continue to turn on its axis. I, 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 I didn't think about that one. Right? He's God. He's got it taken care of. This is what it means to the providence of God. Not God taking and manipulating a situation to come out the way he wants it to, but it means God providing for those who are looking to him as their provider. If you're not looking to God as your provider, then you know what? You're not going to find anything. Did that mean God wasn't there? No, God was there. He would have been your divine providence in that moment had you been looking to him. If you're not looking to God, you're not going to find him. But it doesn't mean he's gone because he's God. The founders of this country started looking to God. They were looking to him as their creator. They were looking to him to see this nation to be right. They were praying and saying, God, lead us in the right direction. So therefore, divine providence was there on this forming of this nation. Because they look to him. Today our nation doesn't want to look to God. Today our nation is going off looking to self. And self-gratification and self-fulfillment. They're not looking to God. And to be servants of God because they're believing that he is their divine providence. So we're in a mess. We're in a big mess. And we got... People in government that won't stand up and put the foot down. And stand up and say, no, we serve Jehovah God. They won't do it. So everybody wants to tear down our history and form another take on history. 
But you can tear all the history you want. Listen to me. You can tear all the history out you want to and, and, and remake history. And you're going to end up with the same situation because men's hearts are not going to change until they come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because it's not a matter of history is the problem. The matter is a heart problem. And the only person who can take care of a heart problem is a revival and a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to tell you this. I, I, in my life, I have never been racist. In other words, believing that a person, because of the color of their skin, was less of a person than somebody with a different color skin. I've never believed that. Never in my entire life have I believed that. Never in my life have I ever thought that. Have I ever acted upon that? Have I ever said things that weren't right? Have I ever been derogatory? Have I ever been insulting? Yes, in my BC days I would have been. But it wasn't about skin color. It was about the actions in the hearts of men. Not until my heart was totally, completely changed by revelation of Jesus was the son of God and that he could save my soul, did my heart change and I start to even further see people the way that God wants us to see people. This nation cannot change by rewriting history. It's not going to change by tearing down statues. It's not going to change by getting rid of the Confederacy. It's not going to change by getting rid of Confederate flags. It's going to have to change because people are going to change and give their hearts to Jesus. And that's the only thing that ever worked, church. So therefore, you hold right now the keys to the success of this nation. Truth that Jesus is the Son of God. Okay? Now, I want you to go to Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6. I want to show you another thing about, about um, providence. Sudi, can you bring me my water? I forgot my water. Thank you. By the way, for all of those of you watching, sweetie is my wife. She's also the piano player. So if the preacher runs off the piano player, it's okay. Matthew 6.25. Jesus explained it this way. He says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Providence. Divine providence. Are you not much more valuable than they? So if God's going to feed the birds, take care of the birds, then he's saying by divine providence, he will take care of you. I don't know how all this stuff of the COVID virus is going to play out. All right. I know I'm irritated about it. Just because I'm tired of being inconvenienced. All right. I'm tired of I, 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 I get irritated with people and irritated with the whole situation, irritated with this and that and the other. But the truth of the matter is one thing I do know for sure is God's got it under control. Heaven is not on uh, DEFCON 5, running through, screaming, angels flying around, running at each other, trying to figure out what they're going to do about COVID. It's all taken care of. The divine providence of God, I'm trusting in him. He's going to feed the birds and take care of the birds. He's going to take care of us. And I'm going to walk by faith and continue to, to, 
be who I am. But one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to become something different than who I am. I'm not going to let the stress and the strain and the pressures of this life make me be act non-Christian. And that's what Christians need to do today. We need to stand up in the face of adversity and be who we are. And stand up and say, look, you need to get saved. You need to give your hearts to Jesus. The answer to this problem is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh, you can't do that. If you say that, then everybody's going to be mad. No, you better start saying it. Because it's the only way that anything's ever going to change. To get the moral compass of this nation back on track. He goes on and says, which of you by worrying can add a cubit to your stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of field. They neither toil nor spin your eye. Say that you even Solomon all his glory is not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? For we sh- or what shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows you have need of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own thing. Sufficient is the day in its own trouble. So he's saying divine providence is not worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow, not worrying about who's going to win the election, not worrying about what the COVID virus is going to do, not worrying about shutdowns, not worrying about this, but to be able to say, God, your hand is on us and you're taking care of us and I just love you and you can provide for birds and so you can provide for me. That's the true essence of divine providence. Whether you knew it or not, that's what it is. And what happens to us as Christians is, you know, we watch too much news. And the news begins to tell us what's going to happen. And then it puts fear in our heart. And then we start, what he said here, we start seeking after the things the Gentiles seek. Now listen to me. I do believe in wisdom. Folks, all of you lived out here in the country. You have been through a flood before where you couldn't get to town. You better have some groceries. The electricity has gone off for hours up here. Your well has run out of water or broke down or went down and you've been out of water. Almost every one of us in this room has experienced those things on a regular basis. And we just go and say, well's out. It's not like, ah! Unless it's Saturday and Chad won't work. I didn't even hear anything out of that. Anyway, so, but you follow what I'm saying? We just, it's just, we just take it in stride. But I believe in wisdom. I believe you better have some extra food. I believe you better have some preparations. I'm not preparing for the end of the world. Because listen to me, folks, listen to me. Let me shoot your, let me shoot your bunker theories down right now. All right. Let me just shoot your, your survival bunker deals down. End of it. Okay, so you're going to go store food for you and your family. You're going to get it all piled up so you're safe and secure that you have all your food stored up for you and your family. It's all there. It's all taken care of. You got it all. You're okay. You're going to take it. Then what are you going to do when the first person comes and knocks on your door? Needs help. You're going to say, go away. I only have enough for me. 
Oh, aren't you a great Christian? So basically, if you're prepping for mass amounts of food, if you either have to be a non-Christian or you're going to have to be a Christian, and what you're basically going to be doing is just feeding multiples of people. Okay, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let me finish this up and let's have communion. Second Corinthians four, verse six. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Folks, listen to me. Each and every one of you sitting here, those of you watching, I pray that you understand the revelation of Scripture, that you are today who you are because the light of the revelation of God shone into your heart and touched you, and you're not the same. We're not just good people. We're good people because the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart. We're not good people just because we were raised right. We're not good people just because we have a correct moral compass. We're good people because God has touched our lives. Hear me. The light that has shone out of darkness is shown into your heart. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God. And it changed your life. So that's what we have to share with people around the world. God touched us. We're not exceptional because we live in a special place. We're exceptional because God has touched us and we're trying to tell the world about God. We're the most generous nation on the face of the earth. I saw a, a report. I was trying to find more detail and I couldn't get it all. And I finally got tired and the messing with all the stats and seeing which ones are thinking we're right and whatever. But it said in, in 2017, the America sent out 127,000 missionaries to the world. And the closest nation that was close to us on sending out missionaries was Brazil, and they sent out 24,000. It goes and shows you a little bit about how much we believe in promoting the gospel and preaching the gospel. There's no nation like Americans. It doesn't mean that all of us are good, and it doesn't mean because you're an American you're good, but it's because you got touched with the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ that makes you exceptional. Look down at verse 7. I'm still in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earth and vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God, not of us. Folks, it's not about us. It's about God in us. Woo! Now, that goes both ways. Well, if it's not about you, well, then you can step out of the equation. It's about God in you. And letting the God in you shine forth. And then you know what? Providence takes over and everything gets taken care of. But it's when you're in the middle of it trying to fix it that things get all messed up. Listen to what Paul said. For we're hard pressed on every side, yet we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Jesus may also be manifest in our bodies. 
For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may also be manifest in our mortal bodies. So then death is working in us, but life in you. So Paul's trying to make a point here. He says, look, folks, don't get all irritated with everybody. Don't get mad at everybody. Don't get into fighting with everybody. Don't get into the verbal fighting. Die to yourself and let Jesus be magnified, and that'll take care of the situation. I'm not saying don't stand up for what's right. No, I'm saying stand up for what's right. But let what comes out of your mouth not be you step outside, boy, I'm going to take you out there and bust your teeth out. No, let it be, brother, you need to get saved. <laughs> you need to calm down. You need to quit talking like that. Man, you need to have your mouth washed out with soap. What's the matter with you? Jesus needs to come into your heart. Amen. Are y'all with me? That's what needs to go forth in this nation today is people to stand up and say, no, it's Jesus Christ and his love and his mercy and his grace. Does it mean we get run over? No, I wouldn't try to run over me. All right. But what it means is, is you got to stand up and preach the gospel. You think Paul, they killed that man. They killed him, stoned him to death. And he Went outside, they threw his body outside the city, and the disciples got around him, and he raised up from the dead. Huh, that's pretty powerful. I mean, don't you think if I, I mean, no, again, here, that's why I may not ever get the, get the, the, the joy of doing that, because I would have stood up and walked back into the city and said, yeah, you got some more? Come on! Yeah! You know, which might not be the wisest thing and why God says we have to put Robert over there outside in the country, put him over there in that sector and don't let him get out too much because he knows that's my nature. So he goes on here and says, so then death is working in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. You see, folks, when the real fight is going to come, is when people tell me I can't speak. And I hate to tell you, but it's not that far off. It's not that far off. That they're going to try to shut the broadcast down because they don't want what I'm preaching to be broadcast. It's, it's, it's real. It's here. We've already had warning signs. But they're never going to shut me up. All right. That's where you have problems is when you can't speak what you believe anymore. America's founded on the wrong that's kind of twisted. Therefore, I believe, therefore, I speak. People are outside right now. Not outside here uh, in the world, outside, up and down the streets, rioting, speaking what they're what they believe. That's the great country of America we live in. You have the ability to do that. You start tearing somebody else's property down. You went too far. Hello. But we need to speak what we believe in our hearts. We need to be vocal. We need to tell people the answer is Jesus. Simply that. The answer to racism is Jesus. The answer to everything is Jesus. The answer to the economy, Jesus. The answer to, you know, uh, poverty, Jesus. The answer to everything is Jesus. Okay? So, let me finish this up. So second, go to, go, I'm still going to go down to verse 16, 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Paul says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Folks, today is not a day to lose heart. Today is not a day to give up. Today is not a day to crawl in a hole. Today is not a day to, buy, to build you a bunker and crawl in it. Okay? 
It's not. Today is a day to not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. My question to you is, is your inward man being renewed day by day? Are you building yourself by reading the Word of God, the promises of God? Are you building yourself on your inner man, strengthening yourself with knowing that the Word of God is true, knowing that you've prayed and talked to God about it, knowing that He's got it under control and everything is going to be okay? Have you surrendered to the providence of God upon your life, the good hand of God upon you? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus and said, Lord, I, I know you've got it all taken care of. It's going to work out just fine. Things are going to be good for me and my family. Why? Because the good hand of God is upon me and I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And I cannot be cursed. A thousand will fall up my side, 10,000 my right hand. God, you're with me. You say, I hope he is. He is. You may be inconvenienced. You may have to write some scriptures like Paul said. You know, I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I'm put down, but I'm not forsaken, you know. You may have that, 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 because he doesn't promise us an easy life, because we live in a fallen world. But he does promise us victory in everything. If you'll grab hold of it, if you'll walk in it. Here we go. He goes on, he says, iron man is renewed day by day. For the light affliction, which is but for a moment, he calls it a light affliction. This man go read the things in his life that happened to him. Beaten with, stri- beaten with stripes 39 times, all these things that happened to him. Stoned, imprisoned, all these things. And he calls it light affliction. And we're mad because our internet speed's not running fast enough. <laughs> Hello? We're greatly inconvenienced. We've gone to prayer about it. God, what's wrong with the internet? All these tourists would go. We'd have a faster internet speed here. (laughs) Greatly inconvenienced. Yes, that's what he says. Our light affliction is but for a moment is working for us far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. For while, here we go, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen for the things that you're seen are temporary but the things that you're not seen they're eternal so paul says we have success walking on this earth because we're going to walk seeing the invisible eternal kingdom of god not the natural temporal kingdom of this world Folks, I'm telling you right now, you got to get your eyes focused on heaven. You got to get your eyes focused on Jesus. You got to quit looking at what's going on. You got to quit looking and saying, oh, what's this going to happen? And what's that? What's going to happen if they do this? What's going to happen if they do that? Okay? You need to have wisdom about the things you're doing. You have, need to have wisdom about the places you're going. You need to have wisdom to, of the places of traffic. You feel the Holy Ghost say, don't go down there. Don't go down that street. But that should be for anything. Hello? That should be the daily walk that we have with the Lord because we're being renewed day by day. But don't sit at your house in fear saying the world's coming to an end. Do not be a chicken little. The sky is falling and the sky is falling. I'm telling you, victory is ours. I do not, I cannot tell you I've had the great dream and know how it's all going to work out. I cannot tell you how it's all plotted out. But if tomorrow looks worse, I'm looking at the eternal kingdom. If the next day looks worse than that day, I'm still looking at there because God's going to have victory. God's going to have success. The world is not going to come to an end. And if the tribulation falls, I'm going to heaven. Hello? 
And it's time for us as Christians to be preaching it, to be standing up. And if we want to do anything to honor the, uh, the founding fathers of this nation is that we need to keep preaching that there is a creator and there is divine providence. Get in it because that's where you're going to find success. And that's the best way you can honor the 4th of July. Amen? Amen. So, I, I, sweetie, I, I don't know what to do. Come up here, I guess, and the, the, the band come up. I don't know how we're going to exactly pull this off. But it'll be the first time for everything. I just know that the kingdom of God is what it's all about. Amen? I know that that God's going to be victorious. So praise God. For those of you watching the broadcast, if you've got your communion elements there that you, in your home, uh, ha- get them out, get them ready. For those of you here, uh, go ahead and start trying to peel that little plastic deal off. <laughs> that piece of bread, it just seems to not want to do it very easy. I apologize for having to do this one more service, but such is the nature of the beast. Be careful pulling that lid off that you don't sling it all over you. And if you do, it'll wash out, I'm sure. If not, God will do something for you. Get you a new shirt. Yeah, this is the Sunday when it's kind of required that you carry a knife to church so that you can open the communion. (laughs) But what I want us to do, we're going to all have communion here together. Those at home, y'all can take it with us. And church, I just want to encourage you. God's with you. I believe in the providence, the divine providence of God. Today is not a day to be in despair. And if you have been, well then, you need to repent right now. It's the greatest thing about communion. Is it's a time to commune with the Lord. Amen? The time to get everything right, get everything straight, to walk out of these doors or walk out of your house brand new, fresh, just like a brand new baby. By having God forgive your sins, forgive everything that we've done, forgive our, our stupidity. I seem to be doing a lot of repenting here lately for getting caught up in the trap of uh, watching the news or wondering what's going on and, and becoming concerned myself, you know. And like I said, some of it's getting to the point to where I'm just kind of disgusted with everything you know I can't understand why people want to hoard toilet paper I mean I know that sounds kind of uh, you know kind of funny but isn't that isn't that right I mean you know already stores they, they mentioned something's gonna be another lockdown everybody runs in there I mean what, what are you doing but that's life and at least I didn't get beat with rods that day or 
had to take 40 lashes. Amen. It's power in this communion. There's power in the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. On that day of the Last Supper, Jesus, he took bed, bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, now take and eat for this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance for me. If you're sick today, if you're hurting in your body today, your answer's right here in the broken body of Christ. His body was broken so that yours could be whole. So if you're sick, I just pray over you right now, the healing power of God come upon you as you take this communion and your body's to be healed and strengthened. And so take this bread down and eat in Jesus' name. Then afterwards, he took the cup and he said, this cup is a new covenant poured out of my blood for the forgiveness of sin. Drink in remembrance of me. The old covenant never offered the forgiveness of sin. It only offered works to try to get there, which man could never do. The new covenant, Jesus said, if you repent, Confess it with your mouth. Believe in me and your heart to forgive you of your sins. They will be forgiven. It's the greatest thing of the New Testament. So take a moment now and get things right with the Lord. Jesus, we thank you for the forgiveness of sins. That you hear our prayers this morning. And Lord, that you make us white, white as snow, fresh and clean, Lord, washed in your blood. So now take church and drink in remembrance of him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, we're going to do two things here. One is, I want to ask my prayer team to come down, and I want everybody to stand up, please. And as we're leaving and closing this service today, we're going to sing God Bless America. Singing is a powerful thing. Have you noticed how many, how many reports have come out that said the worst thing you can do is go to church and sing. Do not be involved in worship. You'll spread the coronavirus. Don't worship. Don't worship. Don't worship. I'm like, yeah, we need to have more worship. If you don't want me to worship, we need to worship. It's crazy what the devil comes up with. But I believe that I believe God is going, his good hand is on America. And I believe that we're going to see a change of things happening. Amen. For the good. For the good. We might go through another rough patch. Eh, at least we didn't get beaten with rods. That's what you can always look at your wives. Eh, at least they didn't get beat with rods today. 
How was your day, honey? Well, I didn't get beat with rods. Amen? If you need prayer, we're up here to pray with you. But we're going to sing this song all together. God bless America. Those of you that tuned in today, I'm so glad you did. Listen, go share this with your friends. Share it with your neighbors. Tell them they need to watch it. Tell them about Jesus. Amen? Let's sing this. Go ahead, sweetie. day that your hand is upon America and that God you bless this land. Lord bless this congregation, bless those that are watching and I declare Lord God that we will rise up and do our part to make America a great nation again Lord God. We give you praise and thanks for it Lord. In Jesus mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you church. We're here to pray for you if you need prayer. Amen.